from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is the Thai Cats This Week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. Tiger Cats are one in five. Great to have you with us for Thai Cats this week as they get set for their seventh game of the season. I'm RJ Bridehead. He is Luke Tasker. And against the East Division Luke, the Tiger Cats are undefeated at 1-0. and And right now, in my opinion, the East Division is all that matters. Just get into the top two and everything will be just fine. Do you agree? How beautiful is that? Yeah, 1-0 <laughs> uh, against the, the games that matter. And Yes, uh, the storyline in the CFL is that you kind of need to be first or second in the East maybe right now. That that might be the way that this sh- uh, season is shaping up with a very strong West and the likelihood of a crossover. Uh, and the Ticats are right there, poised to be uh, one or two in the East. Uh, and, you know, there, there are some things trending in the right direction for them, RJ, at, in, in the last three games, including the, the win against Ottawa things have looked a little bit uh, better. You know, there's some stats uh, trending in the Ticats' favor, but uh, we coming off the loss in BC last week, still a disappointing uh, finish. And great great, uh, great to be back in the East and, and looking for a great one on Thursday against Montreal. So we've talked about this since probably game two of the season, that this middle third of the year, these six games, this is basically the season for the Tiger Cats, in my opinion. Two games against Montreal, four against Toronto in these next six games. So if they can do well, like 6-0, and that would be amazing. That would set them up really well. That might be asking a lot, but they have to, have to perform better in, in these six games or maybe we're having different conversations on Tie Cats this week. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I heard Steve Milton say an interesting thing this week that he's he said, you know, you you kind of you kind of have to go three and three at least. And yeah, six and zero, oh, we'd love it. It'd be great. It'd be amazing. And you'd be first in the East by probably a, a large margin by that point. Um, if you can split this series, you're gonna have you're gonna have still meaningful games in that in that third in the third third of the season, the last the last bit there. Um, and then things will be interesting, probably down to the wire if if uh, if even Toronto and, ha- and Hamilton uh, split their four games. But uh, the story, but it, it lays out itself. I mean, some of th- this has to be a different six games than than the first third of the season was for the Tie Cats. Um, and uh, Montreal happens to be coming off a win as they enter, even though they're they're uh, uh, you know hosting a losing record as well right now. But their uh, win against Ottawa kind of has them uh, poised to take advantage of this middle third as well. And they do have one more win than the Tiger Cats. So if they walk into Tim Hortons Field and and win that game, I, I think Tiger Cats have to go better than three and three. I think the minimum four and two in these six games, in my opinion, it's it's not just getting wins. It's stopping the other East Division opponents from getting wins if if the Tiger Cats are getting the victories. So um, right. I, I don't know if three and three would be enough. You don't want to be biting your nails all season long, and it's been it's been a bit of turmoil. Let's be honest. For the first six games, one and five, the the record isn't good. The good news is it's really hasn't done a ton of damage yet. Yeah, there are so many interesting things that that'll happen and. It's not impossible that some team's fate is sealed at the end of this middle third. Yeah. You know, mathematically that can happen. And while you still have that's a, six games is a lot of games to play having your having your fate determined already. 
So you kind of hope for the for the livelihood or just the the uh, enjoyment of the CFL in general that maybe it's not set in stone at the end of the, the, those six games. I remember uh, in my career there was in the 0 and 8 start uh, for 2017, we were still battling with I think it was three games left in the season by the time it was set that we were not going to make the playoffs because we had such a good stretch after that rough start. So there were still meaningful games well into the end of the season, and then. You know, I the, the one of the most memorable CFL CFL moments for me was 2014 when going into the last game of the season, every single option was still available. We could have been first <laughs> in the East, which we ended up doing second in the East, or been out of the playoffs. And it was really unique, and it was about a point spread in the game and how these things broke down. And we won by more than eight to be first in the East. So I, it's a great when the CFL season, you know. After all these games, how those interesting things happen at the end of the year, but with the way that the West and the East are positioned now, and with this heavy, uh, you know, East versus East middle third, it it could lend itself to a few clubs being, you know, set in stone, you know, with, with, with a month and a half of football left. So we'll see. You just hope for exciting games and for the Ticats, you're right. Three and three, who knows? You're still gonna, you're, you'll still have a chance, but it's gonna be harder. Uh, and if you can really turn the ship around and go even better than that, then you'll be set up for uh, success. Yeah, I, I think it's it's early in the year, but I I I think there's gonna be a crossover. I, I I think you have to play for the top two, so that just puts a ton of importance on Thursday's game against the Alouettes. Kahari Jones with the Tiger Cats now. Will he make a difference? for the rest of the season and in particular in games against Montreal. Boy, I wish that we uh, had, had better insight into it. And obviously the club and the coaches have to be, uh, you know, selective about what information they share, especially with this, with things pertaining to game planning and whatnot. But you'd think, you'd think to a certain extent, there's got to be some, uh, some, you know, little bit extra that he can add uh, uh, as far as um, what to expect, I guess. Uh, still, I think I, I, you know, we don't, we're not expecting him to be calling the plays. Um, um, there, there's not been, a, not going to be an overhaul of the offense uh, from the beginning of the season. It's not been, it's not, we've, we don't have any, uh, evidence to suggest that, uh, a great deal has changed really, but he's a great football mind. And he was just so recently very intimate with this Montreal Alouette team. So, uh, I, I, you'd hope as a Ticat fan that that some that somewhere in some part of that game plan uh, can be assisted by that knowledge. It was a very polite answer. I think he's going to make a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, in what so here's here's the thing that I got to be you got to be careful. What aspect? What aspect will he be able to impact the uh, the most? And I don't know because. Of course, he's an offensive mind, but he's but he was coming from a head coaching position, so he's got a good knowledge of, of across the board there. Well, I, I think he's going to help as the Tiger Cats defense. Could be, yeah, absolutely. Um, still, you've got to look at the percentages of plays in certain field positions and make and you got to make a call right. prior to prior to seeing it, right? Uh, and and without him, you know. It's not like it's not like he's still in charge of that Montreal offense, so it's hard. I, I'm I'm hesitant to overstate it, but but certainly you'd expect something something to be gained. Okay, I tried to get you going there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying I'm not saying nothing will change, and I think you know the offense in BC, not, you know, not specific to any Alouette advantage, but 
in BC, we did see some offensive production that was better than some of the previous weeks. And so maybe his impact is already being felt a little bit uh, in, in that group. Yeah, well, the 24 first downs, that's the second most they've had this season. I was reading that Active Green and Ross sponsorship over and over. It was great. I, I, I was hoping <laughs> I, I could read it all night. But Perfect. They had a whole bunch in a row there, and and so they were moving the ball. And I, I racked my brain, and I got down a, a wormhole of statistics that I know you love, Luke, and I, I, oh, I really give got, them to me. I really got in depth, and this is, uh, I'm still working out the kinks for tomorrow, but okay. here's what I've got Let's so see. far. So I went with turnovers because they've been a, a massive issue. Tiger Cats have been turning the ball over way too much, and I was curious how many points the other team is getting on these turnovers. So in the first quarter, Tiger Cats have turned the ball over four times. They've allowed a field goal on those turnovers, so not bad. Tiger Cats have not turned the ball over at all in the second quarter. Third quarter, they've turned it over three times and have allowed 10 points off turnovers. Fourth quarter is the issue. 12 turnovers, and keep in mind, that's just fumbles or interceptions. I'm not talking on downs. So they've turned it over 12 times, and they've allowed 45 points off those turnovers. So we talk about how bad the fourth quarters have been for the Tiger Cats. They've allowed 66 points. You take away those points off turnovers, and that's 21 points they've allowed in the fourth quarter. That would be their best quarter if the turnovers weren't there. They are there. It is a reality, but it has been a major issue. And and you look at the Tiger Cats record. They've been in every game. So it's turnovers, untimely turnovers, too many late in the game, and it's costing them with points. The other thing with the... 25 turnovers, including downs on the year. There's been um, end-of-game turnovers as well that maybe could have resulted in points, but the other team was able to either take a knee or it was last play of the game on an interception or or something like that. So yeah. there's there's been four end-of-game turnovers, which essentially ends the game, right? Because Tiger Cats don't have another opportunity to score. Um, but it's fixable and they've been in the game statistically. They've been right there. But to me, that is the difference. They've turned the ball over and other teams have capitalized. That's yeah. I I can't see much else than that. So here's speaking of kind of what's been maybe getting better is that on the defensive front, the takeaways have increased and, I, I'm very interested in the take in the turnover on downs as well, because there's been a number of them this year, but there was a, a key one in the Ticats favor in, in BC as well. And, and an early uh, third down stop as BC was going into to scoring territory where they kept uh, Rourke on the field and that offense and the Ticats defense stopped that. Um, but those, those turnovers on downs are sort of an interesting sort of, uh, niche in the turnover ratio aspect. And they kind of do feel different at times in the games and they can be situational. And so, uh, you know, I like, I like looking purely at, at the fumbles and interceptions in a, in a lot of cases. Um, but you've got to, but you know, that short, those short yardage, they've got to be gimmies, you know, they have to be layups for the defensive unit and, uh, or excuse me for our, for the offensive unit. And if you can steal a couple away defensively, like the tie cats have, I don't know, that's something that's moving in the right direction as well, along with that net offense and the first downs that you've mentioned. And so I, I, I early on in the season, 
first four games, Dane Evans was the was hand it was it was hand in hand a conversation about Dane Evans and the turnover ratio and the turnover issues. Uh, I think it's gone a little bit, you know, uh, back into a more uh, team focus here and defense included. But you know, Dane's Dane is uh, in in my opinion, it has gotten better, and his fumbles have uh, you know, <laughs> although they were so untimely. Uh, you know, we're seeing less of that. And so if the turnover ratio can just continue to move in the right direction, and if they can come out on top of that turnover ratio for, for the first time, uh, boy, I think they're going to be, end up being hard to beat actually. Luke, when we talk turnovers, Kerry all Brooks is back in the lineup for the tiger cats tied for the interceptions lead last year. He's got to help now that he's going to be in his first game. He's one of those guys that, you know, we've seen it. He can he can ball hawk and and pick that ball off and and create opportunities that some other players can't. Not saying Tiger Cats players, but he is elite in that category. Yeah, he he had a particularly great season last year with pass breakups and with interceptions. And so early on, you certainly were hoping from early on in the season, you were certainly hoping for more of those big plays by the the defensive unit uh, and. And uh, though that's already been kind of uh, getting better as this, or as the early part of the season progressed, Carol Brooks is, is, is a guy who can, like you said, ball hawk and make that happen out there. I do. I, I do think it's interesting, RJ in no way did I, or I, you know, I think that did no way that we recognize a deficiency in the secondary with Alden Darby playing back there at the boundary half but at times, actually he did some of those things kind of like, Tunde Adelike, where he took the space out so quickly that it almost jumped out of you on the film. Like I thought he played pretty well, uh, including making some turnovers on his own. So, uh, you know, all you can hope is that is that Kirill Brooks comes in and stays healthy and makes uh, uh, you know positive impacts like he did, like he has done throughout his career. Uh, but just kind of uh, kind of a uh, lot of depth there, which is a great thing uh, for such a long season. Luke, we've talked about a Tiger Cats perspective for this game coming up against Montreal and from the Montreal perspective, it's basically the the same thing. They're in the, in the same boat. They need victory. So how do you feel about this, this matchup going tomorrow? Yeah, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a great six weeks. It's going to be very fun for the East here. Um, it is hard and to, to flip script here and go on to Toronto for that. It is hard five weeks you play them four times. I mean, it's just hard for either of those teams, even if it was lopsided in their records right now, which it's not. If you know, if there was a disparity in the East, uh, meaning within the East, and one team was way ahead, it's still hard to win or uh, win that game four times. So we're going to see some really interesting games uh, with Montreal. You know, that's that's who's kind of being chased down, and they're in position to to take first, just like every other team is. And so. I, I would actually say there's something of an advantage just to this start being home to start in Tim Hortons field before this East stretch of six uh, 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 games and, and Montreal will be two of them. And, you know, if the Ticats can move into that two win position uh, and start off this stretch with a, with a home win, yeah, that, that, that may be just what, just what they need to sort of put this first ha- first part of the season behind them. So, from my perspective, I would say this is a very important game, the most important game of the season for the Tiger Cats to win to this point. Now, you've been in the locker room. You're you're an athlete. You're a receiver. How how would the team be viewing it? 
Well, they're going to say that every game is, you know, it's another football game, right? And in a sense, that's true. And in a, um, in a sense, you want to make sure that you believe that as a player. You know, you got you to gotta prepare just like it's another game, just like, it's, just like you're already locked into the playoffs and you want to play every time you take the field. You want to put on your best effort. And so, you know, in, in a sense, to make one game more important than the rest is sort of to is sort of to beg the question as well why weren't you at your best the other games or what was not important about that uh, but in a in a in a outsider's perspective this is big it's very big you it's it's an announcement to the next 6 weeks of CFL saying this is this is what the Ticats are going to are going to establish themselves as for this year forget about those first 6 and and look what we're going to start doing against the east uh and like i said at at home so the flip side of that for Montreal, who already has two wins, to come in and who just is coming off their East win, for them to come in to Tim Morton's field and to start off their their middle six of the of the season with an away win against the East, that would position them, I would think, very strongly to to set themselves up for success in the playoffs. Yeah, and again, top two is is the most important. The the Alouettes are already in a in a little bit better position than the Tiger Cats. They're two points up. If the Tiger Cats don't win this game, now it's four points. The Alouettes are up. Toronto's already up four points. I'm just seeing Tiger Cats putting themselves in a situation where they, they need help from other teams. So um, I know you won't say it, but I'm going to say this is this is uh, as close to a must win early in the year. <laughs> can, can we get it out of you? It can't be a must win, Artie, if you still have a chance. <laughs> If after losing this game, if you still have a chance, then it wasn't a must win. But but you can't give yourself an out. You've got to be desperate. You can't say, oh, I <laughs> yeah. got other games down the road. We'll be okay. We'll be fine. No, <laughs> I disagree. These guys, these guys know that you can't trick yourself after out of the mathematics of, of the playoff scenario. But at some point, at some point, multiple teams in the East, they're going to have must wins consecutively to, in order to give a chance. And that is an exciting place to be in when you say we have to win whatever it is, three games in a row. And no matter what anybody else in the league does, you'll get into, you'll, we'll see those circumstances build as the season goes on. And so, yeah, with every loss there, it's a, it's a bigger hole to climb out of and, and, it, and it will get more and more challenging um, if the woes continue. Well, we will see what the Tiger Cats are made of. I expect a, a tremendous effort from them, Luke. This is this has been a lot of fun, and we've got a a big game. Let's just call it a big game on Thursday that uh, that we'll be calling, and and we'll see the result. Montreal Hamilton should be a lot of fun. Excellent. Looking forward to it, RJ. And Thursday night, Tim Hortons Field. It's going to be awesome. Seven thirty. It'll be kickoff. Luke and I will have the call. Hamilton Tiger Cats, Montreal Alouettes, huge East Division matchup. Thanks for listening to Tiger Cats this week. It's been another busy week for your Hamilton Tiger Cats. Luke Tasker and RJ Broadhead have covered it all, and now we would like to hear from you. Email us anytime at gamedayatigcats.ca. Subscribe to the Tiger Cats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.